Back, it's another episode of the Hoffcast. Today is December first in the year twenty twenty two. We are at episode one twelve, episode one hundred. Still not there yet. Uh, hang in there, folks. <laughs> hang in there, everybody. Wow, December, the Christmas season is upon us. My wife's been listening to Christmas music for the last uh, three weeks. It w- started way too early this year. Every year. We get into this battle where it's like, okay, she wants to listen to it. Her birthday is in mid-November, and she's like, she starts putting it on in the car. And I said, no, what are you doing? What is happening right now? And she's just, it's my birthday week. It's my bir- Let me listen to it for my birthday week. Uh, what are you going to say? What, what are you going to say when you, the love of your life says no, no. It's my birthday week, and, and you know you didn't get her anything meaningful, so you're like, okay, this is a happy birthday, sweetheart. Uh, just know that when that uh, when you unwrap that sweatshirt, that this also counts. This I'm allowing you to have Christmas spirit, um, and so you allow that. But then Christmas, you know, birthday weekends, she doesn't stop it. There's no end to that. So it just, just continues, and now December 1st, and boom, bang, bing, we've been listening to Christmas music for almost three fallen weeks. I just said full and solid in the same word, so fallen is, uh, is a new word for you there. Um, and so we've been listening to that Christmas period, but I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you weird, weird things. Weird thing. Here's the headline of today's episode. Weird. Strange. Um, not life defining, but, uh, certainly something that I won't forget happened this week. And I don't, I don't know how to t- properly unveil this. I don't know how, rather to just rip it off like a bandaid or, or lay out the, the land so that everybody feels what I felt. Maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe that's okay. So I'll just get into it, but we're going to ease in because this is, this is a thing. Um, all right, so this happened eh, four days ago. Uh, family and I are taking a walk. Sometimes we're like, you know, you know, on a on a Saturday or whatever. We're just like, we just got to get out of the house. We've been in here. It's a little chilly outside, but you know, we we got to just jump out. And I can hear people in the Midwest just <laughs> rolling up their car windows right now uh, with frost on them. They're like, "Really? It was chilly out there in Southern California? It was a, just a nippy fifty-nine degrees." <laughs> I hate your guts. But the, okay, for California, it was a little chilly, so we weren't we weren't going to the pool. Let's put it that way. We weren't rushing to the pool to hang out and uh but you know it was one of those times where the kids were kind of stirring we're like you know what let's go out we'll do a bike ride we'll walk behind them get our steps in that's something new with the new phones as it records your steps and i think it's bullcrap because i never reach my steps i'm looking at it right now just got this phone i don't know three weeks ago and it's got this uh step summary where it will record your movement and i'm looking at it and since I've owned this phone, the, the steps that it wants me to get are, uh, I can't remember what I said. I, I think I put like intermediate. Let's be a moderately active person. I, sh- I should have known. 
I should have known. I'm not moderately active. I, I sit around writing jokes, and then I go and I stand in a place and I tell jokes at night. Like, there's <laughs> no moderation in that. That's, that's as low as it gets. But at any rate, I have reached my circle twice in three weeks. Whatever steps that this iPhone has determined that I need to be making, twice in three weeks have I been making those steps. And most of the time, it's like a quarter. Eh, no, I'd say I average half. So I, I should have put low. Maybe I'll change that, or maybe I'll start moving. But sometimes I don't have my phone in my pocket. Anyway, getting distracted. Getting way out there. But I, I like it when I don't have my phone. But but the now I'm like, well, if I don't have my phone, then I'm not recording those steps. Bye-bye! And then I realized that if my phone's in my back pocket, it's not recording them like it should because there's not as much movement or something. I don't know if that's how that works, but uh, I noticed when it was in my back pocket, even when I was doing a lot, it was still giving me jack for credit. So I started putting it in my front pocket, and now i got my phone on me all the time, which is bogus. I'd rather just leave it somewhere and, and leave, you know? What, what's healthier, my mental health or just the fact that I know I took steps? Because I'm taking them regardless. You know what? Screw the phone. Screw the phone. I don't need it. I don't need it to feel good about the amount of times I'm walking. All right? Anyway, on this particular day, I was walking. I was walking behind my kids with my wife as they were riding their bikes. And um, now I'm wondering if I should have just unveiled, like, you know, you know, like one of those movies that, like, gives you the gripping, like, thing and then walks you through it. I'm wondering if I should have set it up like that. So you, but you still, you still know there's something coming. You're still invested in this. There's some, you know, I'm, I'm painting a picture and I'm trying to add a little levity to what's about to happen. Because this is, that's, that's what I've been trained to do. That's, you know, inadvertently, I suppose, to a certain degree, (laughs) trying to, you know, I think it's because I grew up short and I, I used humor as a self-defense mechanism and and then I grew and I never changed how I did that. I remember the first time that I like actually became like a formidable size but I still thought I was that tiny little like kind of funny that I would talk trash to somebody and I and I like said something that normally would have been hilarious as like a 5 foot 1 little turd this would have been hilarious but now all of a sudden I'm like this 5 8 guy I don't know what year this was and you know I was maybe a sophomore or junior I was a junior in high school I must have been 5 8 and I said it and all of a sudden now five eight's like okay, watch it. Watch it. I mean it's still smallish, but it's way hey, you're not you're not tiny. Like I will knock you out. And now that I'm six foot, there's just no like I can't get away with any of that, but I've learned how to get some of these things still in there. Anyway, walking behind the kids. And we're in our area. Uh, you know, we're close enough to where we live that we're we've walked there. And um, all of a sudden, there's this car in the middle of the road, and it's just blasting the most hateful music I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard, you know, I've heard crazy things. This was as crazy as I've ever heard in music coming out of anywhere. Like this, I mean, I couldn't, um, I couldn't believe. We're we're like half a block away, and I'm like, what is that? And all these terrible words are happening, and. And just the things this person was saying, I'm like, the kids here, like, why would somebody be blasting this music? And as we get closer and closer, it's across the street, but it's parked in the middle of the road. Cars are like honking at it and obviously upsetting people. I'm like, what the heck? Somebody just like get out of their car and like go up to their friend's house and just leave their music blasting. And as we get closer, the I, I see 
there's there's the car and cars are going around it and and this guy you know the windshield wipers are going this dude's insane what the heck is happening in there and and it's the type of music where it's like uh like who who's in there who is listening to the, the this is an insane person and and so I'm like yeah I got to stop this I got to stop it and so I uh I, I tell Sarah and the kids I'm like hey just go ahead I'm going to I'm going to go deal with this turd and uh, I, I, I walk across the street and I'm going up to it. And I'm listening to this music. I'm just like, ah, like, first of all, it's it is music. It is like well recorded, like highly produced stuff that <laughs> the lyrics. I'm like, why would anybody let this go through They're They're professional machines. But I suppose, you know, different strokes. And um, and I go up and I I see the guy. He's sitting in his car, like leaning back, and and he's like, you know, got like a you know, white dude, like shaved head. And I just yo, hey man, yeah, you know, I'm not getting like super close because I, I don't want to get shanked. <laughs> That's the type of it was definitely shank music coming out <laughs> coming out of the car. And and when it would like find like a quieter spot, spot I was like, hey man. Hey, hey, you want to turn it down? Like, and he wasn't looking at me. And I was just like, uh, what what the heck am I going to do? So I, I take I, the music like ends, but, but and before it goes to the next song, by the way, this is like, he's got like the band CD in this car. Like it's not, it's not a single song or a single song on repeat. It's, it's like the whole, this dude's listening to their whole mixtape, right? And it's showcasing for the entire neighborhood just this filth spilling out of there. And so when it goes between songs, I take a couple steps closer. I was like, hey, man, can you just... And he doesn't look at me. And now I notice, like, he's got his eyes closed. This dude is passed out at the wheel. I'm like, gosh, dang it. You know, I'm thinking, what, it's four in the afternoon? This dude's tanked at the wheel like what he pulled up to this intersection and he just like put his car in park and, and like hit his wiper blades and passed out so i'm like what the heck and um and i look in there i see his like chest is breathing and um and so i'm like all right fine and i do what i've done at least once a year since moving to los angeles in 2005 i did what i do at least once a year and i called 911 that's right <laughs> That's the white way about it. You're, you're screwing up my neighborhood. I'm I'm going to do something. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to involve the authorities. I'm going to. You haven't heard the last of me. And so I did. I got out my new phone that was not properly recording my steps. And I beep, boop, boop. 911. They're like, hey, Nick, it's been a minute. How you doing, you old so-and-so? And I have. I've called 911 every year. I remember the first time I did it, uh, Sarah and I were in the car together. We were coming around like on the freeway. There's like where these two freeways merge and you got to get on this like little little roundabout thing. And there was a car that had just plowed into the median. And so I called 911. I was like, hey, this intersection uh, here at the freeway where the where the 91 becomes the 405 or whatever it was. Um, and the dude needs help. And, and it didn't look like devastating, but it looked like. You know, the dude needed, he was having a bad day. And so I called 911. Oh, thank you. Um, that, 
one time on the road, I called 911 in the middle of Montana. It was, uh, I just had one kid, but we were on the road touring, and it was kind of middle of the night. We were trying to get to, maybe we were, maybe we were in Wyoming. We were trying to get to Salt Lake City, and uh, we were heading from the east. And, and in those states, I don't know if you know this, in those states, you can go like 80 miles an hour, 85 miles an hour. And I'm in my little two-door coupe. And, um, and we're just rolling. There's nobody on this road. It's, you know, whatever, 1130 at night. And I'm just like trying to make time. So I'm just flying. Sarah's asleep in the passenger seat. And and my oldest son, who was like one at the time, maybe not even is asleep in the back. And I'm just like, before he wakes up, let me just get as many miles behind us as I can. So we're, we're going at a clip and this is dark, dark interstate. And all of a sudden, like I see like right in front of me is what I can only imagine was a dead buffalo in the middle of the road. And so I have to swerve at 85 miles an hour. I have to swerve around this dead buffalo and the tires are, you know, it's that that much because I only saw it last minute because it's so dark. Like you only see things about like three seconds before you get to them and then like it takes you a second and a half to figure out like that's the thing you gotta avoid and it was just this giant thing in the middle of the road and i did and sarah's sits up immediately like i've never seen somebody wake up crying (laughs) you know like you wake up and just immediately tears are streaming and like life i think that's the definition of life flashing before your eyes and and you realize that it's a sad moment about to happen tires are screeching and i i you know i'm here i gained control of the vehicle we didn't spin out or anything it just kind of like we fishtailed a titch um and (laughs) sarah what the heck are you doing are you okay did you fall asleep at the wheel no there's a freaking creature in our lane back there and and cell phones weren't what they are now. And I remember taking mine out and like waiting for a little service and, and being able to call. And, um, I couldn't, you know, I could barely tell where I was like mile marker, blah, blah, blah on this street. Like there's something huge in the road. And if you don't do something, someone is going to crush it. Um, and I knew it was way too big that I wasn't going to be able to like drag it off to the side. Normally, I take things upon myself to do. Like if something's dangerous, like I've pulled things out of the road before, not critters or anything, but like big branches or something. Where I'm like, this is this shouldn't be here. Big chunks of tire. I'm like, okay, this sucks a little bit. I stop, but I let me get this out of the road. This was not one of those times. But nine one one, get over there. Like send somebody because this is things humongous. Um, the most. I called once for a laundry fire at the un like the complex just one up. I could see a giant fire as we were getting out of the car, and I I called them and I ran over and helped a guy like put a fire. I didn't help him put the fire out. He he had already put it out, but I was like yelling at him. He's like, "There's a fire! Call nine nine one!" And I like picked up one of my kids, and we sprinted over there and so I could help. But the, he had put it out with his thing. But I felt like I was invited. I was the reason the authorities came. <laughs> Um, and the most, uh, up till this point, the most memorable one was when, uh, Sarah and I were just driving down the streets of LA and all of a sudden this dude with his shirt off goes like, he just runs in front of the car. And like, I think I just come off of a stoplight, so I wasn't going too fast, but he just runs in front of the car and like kind of 
in like stayed in front like he's running out in front of me in my lane i'm like i slow down a little more and i'm like what the heck is this guy doing like why why would you just be running down the middle of the street with no shirt and then all of a sudden you hear a yell and right in front of me again like eh, 20 yards behind this guy runs another guy with his shirt off and he's got a baseball bat and he's running after this guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I immediately I was like, beep, boop, boop. hey, you might want to hurry up here to this intersection because there's a guy, the, the guy in the lead doesn't look like he's going to be in the lead for much longer. The dude carrying the bat is gaining ground. You might want to, I'm not getting involved. I'm not going to run over a guy. You know, that's probably my best option would have been just run over the guy with the bat. But then I don't know the story. I don't know the story. Maybe this guy was doing something wrong and the guy with the bat was just defending himself. So I don't know the story, but I know I, I know how that story ends. It was with one guy getting hit by another guy with a baseball bat. <laughs> and I thought, well, the f- the less time that that is allowed to continue, probably the better. So called 911, get over there. I don't know if they, <laughs> I didn't see the end of that, but that always uh, reminded me of it. Anyway, okay, Hoff, get, get to the story. You're really taking a roundabout here, you turd. Okay, here we go. So... Uh, call 911 on this guy because I'm like, this dude need. I- I'm not going to be the one to wake him up, right? I'm not going to, like, wake up this freaking white supremacist-looking guy with this horrific music. And I'm also not going to... I think I normally would have approached the vehicle a little closer, but as, you know, Sarah and the kids were half a block away, she called. And she's like, careful, like, what if he's got a bomb? <laughs> like, I was thinking knife. Like, I don't want to get stabbed, but you can approach a car without getting... A gun, a little different. Like, yeah, I also don't want to get shot. But, um, you know, that's an extra level that you think, eh, probably not. But she said bomb, and I, <laughs> I don't know if it was because, like... Die Hard and Lethal Weapons been on the mind because they're Christmas movies, obviously. Um, but I was like, oh, yeah, this is the type of music that a guy who rigs a homemade bomb in his car, uh, you know, takes out half a neighborhood. Yeah, I'm not going to approach this guy. I'm not going to. Normally, I might have approached it and seen he was sleeping, maybe turned down the music or something, but I wasn't going to do that. 911, okay, stay there. They go, okay, we'll send somebody. Stay there. Um, Stay there with uh, until the cops come, you know, and talk to them. Okay, yeah, no problem. You know, and as as a busy individual, you say, well, I don't want to stay here and wait for the cops. But as a curious human being that would rubberneck as he goes past an accident on the 405, of course I'm going to wait around. Of course. But I send Sarah and the kids home like, you don't need to be here for this. Go home. I'll meet you. Um, okay. And so as I'm waiting for the for the police to show up, I'm like directing traffic. I don't want anybody like making the mistake that I refuse to make of approaching this guy and then getting in a, a fight. So I'm like waving cars as they come up. Also, you know, I, I don't know I've talked about this on the podcast before. Like as a human being, you see another man and it's not like I'm Mr. Rogers walking around like I also I'm not a scary individual, but I'm also an adult grown man that you don't know. There's a little bit of leeriness to that. You know, people, they've got their walls up just a ditch when it comes to a full grown stranger. And so me standing, you know, 20 yards behind this car, like waving traffic around it, people go, who the hell is that guy? And what the heck is he talking about? Because they're coming up. They just think this guy's, you know, stopped at this intersection to make a right. Um, But, you know, almost everybody goes around. 
and uh, and then all of a sudden the the uh, ambulance is the one that gets there first. I guess when you call nine one one, they just send everybody because they got shit to do. No, I'm serious. They they have things to do, but I think that's just protocol. They just send everybody in this situation, and uh, the ambulance comes up, and um, they pull up from the other direction. So he he's parked one way and they come from the other direction and they see him and they kind of like point their lights at him and they honk. And if you've ever heard an ambulance honk, it's not a car horn. It's like a steam engine just like really letting you have it. And so it scared the hell out of me. Like I jumped and you know, guy that's worried about possible bomb and all of a sudden the loudest thing I've ever heard goes off. Um, so I jump, but I, okay. Oh, they were probably trying to wake this drunk dude up. I get it. And so they pull up, and they get out, but they don't look at me. They're, they're like 10 feet away from me, but they don't look at me. They don't like, what's going on? What's what's the situation? You know, you want them to be, give me give me the skinny. What's What, what am I looking at here? You know, I, I'll fill you in. Don't worry. I've been on the scene for 20 minutes. But there's none of that. <laughs> they just ignore me, and I, and I yell out to the guy. I go, hey, be careful. Like, you haven't heard you know, tracks three through eight, like I have. This dude's got some issues he's working through. And uh, and he just kind of puts his hand up and like kind of almost dismissive in a way. And I'm kind of like, okay, knock it off. Like, you know, I was, okay, I'm a first responder here. A little respect. <laughs> a little respect to uh, your peer over here. Uh, a little offended that he just kind of waved his hand at me, like wh- like dismissive, like uh, whatever. Um, and then they go up to the car, and uh, and I can tell by their body language, like. And by the way, the guy reaches in right away and just turns off the car, and I'm like, okay, well, make me look like a real pansy over here. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not getting within ten feet of this car, and, and yet you you just like walk up, waltz up. It just waltzed. That was how I expressed their demeanor, just kind of slowly, like, meandering over there, turn off the car, like, you gonna make me look like that big of a bitch? Anyway, he walks up, turns off the car, and then I can see them, like, interacting, and all of a sudden I realize, oh, this guy's dead. <laughs> I didn't discover a guy drunk at the wheel. I discovered a dead body. And I didn't know it. And, you know, I was 10 feet away. It was kind of dark and and I could see in there. I thought his chest was moving up and down. And maybe it was at the time. I don't know. But the way that the emergency responders are walking like there's not an emergency, I understand whatever it is expired the time. And I don't want to I do not want to be callous about this because I've only had a few days to work through it. Uh, The fact that I saw that and I don't. I don't feel bad because I don't think there was anything I could have done based on when they opened up the the car door, like all these things spilled out. Like, I, I don't really want to get into it, um, you know, because I don't know what happened. I couldn't hear them talking or anything, but certainly the guy, I think, did it to himself. And and I'm like, oh, man. And I think what is there something I could have done? No, no, you don't you don't approach in that scenario, especially normal, normal circumstance. If this guy's blasting, even Metallica, even something as, as like common as Metallica, as heavy as that music is, at least you like, you know who that guy is and that's fine. I'd never heard any music like this before. There was no way a human being should approach this vehicle. And I, so I don't feel like there was something I should have done because it's just was 
the most hateful, crazy stuff I've ever heard coming out of his car. Um, and obviously, this is kind of what he wanted. And I go, oh, man. So immediately, I'm like, I'm glad the kids left. And um, and I know this dude, you know, it had to be dealt with. So I'm glad I called 911. I'm glad that that happened. But I, I'm not glad that, like, someone lost their life. And it's crazy to, f- like, come upon that in relatively your own neighborhood. I know this Los Angeles crazy crap happens here all the time. Um you know, crazy cap happens in small towns, but this is just like, uh, it was just a little bit of a sobering reminder, like, oh man, people are going through some stuff and it's like, you know, and, uh, oh, there's one more part of the story that's kind of like, that I want to talk about that's not, uh, it's not funny, but it was kind of like, what the hell? Um, so I, I wait there for like 10 minutes, about another three minutes and up comes the uh, fire department. They always send, I guess if you send an ambulance, you send the fire department. I don't know what the decision making is with that but that's what they did and so the fire truck comes up and you know there's also no urgency they just kind of walk up what are we looking at okay i'm doing this for the like opening car doors they're not taking pictures which makes me think it's not a crime scene like i uh, you know i don't know what the legality of that is but it's not it it didn't see, appear to be foul play i feel like if there's foul play they're not moving things they're taking pictures they're putting things in baggies they didn't do a whole lot of that um and uh and you know so they're there and i wait about another 10 minutes i'm giving them their space let them do their thing you know i want i don't want to get in the way i don't want to uh what do they call it uh obstruct justice (laughs) if that's the right word but i i you know i didn't want to be there any longer than i had to be either i didn't want to really see this i don't like dark things i don't watch dark movies i don't watch shows about murder i just can't i don't want that i i I like the lightness i like i like uh the levity of life and and so i don't want to be i don't want to make myself susceptible to that and so i don't allow that stuff in so i didn't want to be there any longer than i had to be um and uh but I, I, they also told me, hey, wait, in case they have a question. I wanted to be able to tell them, okay, this is what we came upon, this about how long ago, in case I would help in any way. But after about 10 minutes, they're not looking at me. I uh, I take a couple of steps closer. I, the guy looks up at me, and I go, hey, I'm the one that called. They told me to wait. Do you guys need anything? And he goes, no, we're good. So, fine. Thank you. Walk home. By the way, I, I mean, shout out to the actual first responders. I don't know how they compartmentalize what they do. Uh, for a living, it's baffling to me that they can see this, even if it's only on a monthly or a semi-annual basis to come across this. And I think they probably come across it more often than that in Los Angeles. But to, to like be, to see that kind of thing, and like even doctors and people in the ER, like my mother-in-law, an ER nurse, like how do you compartmentalize these terrible things that you see and still be able to go out and laugh with your kids and stuff like that? That's baffling to me that people can do that. Um, because I, I would not be able to, but these guys, the fact that they just were able to walk up to this vehicle, turn it off, like, and then just get to work, I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom doing that. So shout out to them. I mean, you're really doing something that most people cannot do. So God bless you. Um, but anyway, they said, you're good. So I go home and I, I tell the kids, uh, ambulance took him away. I didn't get into it much more than that. They, you know, they, what happened to the guy? Oh, the ambulance took him. Um, and I think that's, you know, I'm protecting myself. I'm protecting my kids. I, I don't think, I think that's the right way to do that. Um, they're going to learn about all this stuff eventually. It's just, you know, ease into the, ease into the tub of doom, <laughs> right? Uh, 
and uh, I get home and and we have dinner and I'm I'm not as shaken up as I think I would have been had it not been for the music. I keep coming back to that music, you guys. I can't even. I don't want to say what they said. I just I couldn't believe something so professionally made had those words in it. And, and I'm not I'm not a prude. I'm not, you know, I'm in dark, I'm making dark jokes in dark comedy clubs, like, we joke about death and things like that all the time, and my hope is that I will be able to find levity in this somehow and make people feel, um, both, I feel the responsibility as a comedian to not only make people laugh, but also can keep their compassion. I think it's easy to get jaded and callous towards something like this, and the more we make fun of it, the, you know, the less it impacts us, but I want to keep the impact and, you know, uh, make a little light, you know, for people to keep their head up. And me, too. I'm trying to keep my head up. But I had it not been for that music, I think I would have been crushed by this. Like, uh, encountering something like that would have just devastated me. But the music, somehow, I was like, you know what? This, the guy had, you know, he, he took himself out of circulation and sounded like he needed to. I, I don't want to... I don't want to make that sound like I think any time that should happen, but the darkness that was coming out of that guy's radio, I mean, that there's no place for that in the world. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Like, he's, he had to go to jail or something. Like, there was, it was horrific stuff. I can't, I, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this stuff exists. Anyway, um, get home, we eat dinner, and shower up, and, and, even though I didn't touch anything, I like washed my hands three times. I don't know if that's like a Macbeth thing, like out damn spot. Like I'm not, I have no involvement, but just being in the vicinity, I felt, I felt dirty or something. So, um, we do that and about, about 45 minutes later, I get a call, no caller ID. And I think, oh, maybe they're just, maybe they're going to let me know what happened. I don't know. Like, uh, some, a couple times they've called and said, thank you. We got help there or whatever. Um, so I answer it. And Sarah's looking at me going, what, when did, who is it? And I answer and they said, hey, this is LAPD. Is this Nicholas? We, you called? And I said, yep, yep, yep. And they go, well, we're here. Uh, we see the car. We don't see the guy. Do you know where he went? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? They're like, what? Uh, he, he's not around. The car is just kind of pulled off to the side with the flashers going. Do you know, uh, you know what happened here? And I go, well, the ambulance came and got him. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, the ambulance came and got him. They, they've been here. They've been there. And they go, oh, okay, okay, I guess uh, it's a miscommunication on our part. Thank you. I'm going, And I hang up, and Sarah goes, who was that? And I go, this is the police. And she goes, no, it wasn't. I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> they they freaking didn't know that the, the other people got him. <laughs> I'm like, that's not good. It's not good that the, the one, and it's not like they were hurried and and didn't have time to like get on the radio and be like, hey, by the way, LAPD, we got him. You know, it, it was nonchalant. They were meandering around. There were like six guys out there, and then nobody's communicating with the police. I thought, first of all, I thought the police were going to be the first ones to get there and deal with it. Like I'd want them to deal with a guy that was passed out of the wheel. I wouldn't want that to be an EMT. I can't believe that I would have thought as an EMT, you don't approach the vehicle. Uh, without a police officer, that's that would have been my guess. But no, forty-five minutes later, LAPD is there. Hey, what's what's the story? It's like, well, the story already happened. All right, <laughs> I've already told the story with like eleven detours in a shorter time than it took you to get to this place that I called about. So <laughs> I hope you don't have a problem in LA because they're not gonna make it there real fast. Um. <laughs> And then they're going to be confused because there's no communication, apparently. And I don't want to, I don't want to dispar- disparage 
LAPD, but I just thought, like, what the heck? Are we kidding? You didn't get a you didn't get a call about this? Um, so yeah, that was kind of a kind of a sh- not a shell shock, but this is not something I'm gonna forget. Like you, you don't always approach, you don't always come upon a deceased individual. You don't you know you don't discover a dead body every day. And uh, I hope I hope this didn't feel callous toward that. I hope. Um, I hope that uh, I gave it the proper amount of reverence. Anytime somebody loses their life, it's a sad, sad thing. I don't know what this guy's story was, or or what, but I I know I know how it ended. And it's not good, and so it's kind of like uh, you know, don't let the darkness in, guys. I, I, obviously, this guy, and I, I can't judge him, but I kind of can. I sat there for twenty minutes listening to his favorite band, and it's like, don't let that in. Don't let the darkness in. I, like, if you know, some people can compartmentalize. Some people can, like, you know, get a, get across from it. I've never been that person. It's scary music. Scary movies scare me. Uh, like, they legitimately scare me. I can't discern the fact that this is this is just uh, entertainment, quote unquote, and it's not real. But somebody really thought this, and other people are watching this, and so you telling me there's no impact here. If there's no impact in art, then what are we doing? So, you know, I, I don't like to let the darkness in. I knew that from a very young age. I remember, uh, you know, uh, going to a birthday party in like fifth grade and they were watching some scary movie and I just, I walked home from the birthday party. I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to be scared. And that's what I was doing then. I didn't want to be scared. But the truth is I couldn't, I couldn't compartmentalize. I couldn't handle it. And I didn't want to let that darkness in because it impacts me. So that's why I just I watch comedies or interesting things because that's what I want to convey to the world, um, you know. So don't I don't know don't let that don't let that darkness get in. If you start to feel down or depressed or whatever, you know, go for a run. I've heard I've heard that can be like running for twenty minutes can give you the same hit as like a Xanax or whatever it is. Xanax or what's the one that boosts your uh, self esteem or whatever? It's like a very common. When I don't know if it's a Xanax, but it's like whatever the pill is that like makes you feel good. But not not a drug, but like a like a pharmaceutical drug. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe it's Xanax. But I heard that it can like give you that same amount of high where it's almost like you took a pill that a therapist would subscribe for you. And I also heard that walking near water, like I know we don't all have, you know, beaches in, in California, but like there's just lakes. Most places you can kind of just go and look at a lake or just have a little time to process things. You know, there's so much good in this world and there's a lot of bad too. So you just try and avoid the bad and let the good in. That's that's my advice. And And, and God bless you if you're a first responder. I can't do it. I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe you can. Um, so I guess, I guess that's it. I hope, I hope I did. <laughs> I hope that was interesting and, and worthwhile on the podcast. I mean, it, it happened in my life. So it's, I wanted to talk about it and I'm still processing obviously. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a joke. My, my hope is always anything happens in my life. And my hope is that I'm able to take it and package it in a way that it's palatable and and funny for other people so hopefully you know sometime in the next year i'm able to take this information and do something with it for good for good you know make make light out of the dark i don't know if that's (laughs) might sound a little cheesy or something but that's kind of what i feel like my job is and uh yeah take care of yourselves you guys i i had more listed but i i I don't feel like anything at this point is is going to um 
is going to make a lot of sense after what I was just talking about. And I'll probably process it in coming podcasts, you know. I'll probably have more to say about it as the time goes. If if you guys have any comments or anything, you know how to how to get a hold of me on social media, anything like that. Um, so if you have anything to add or any thoughts on that, that you know, I'd be happy to hear it. Um, I don't know. Other than that, my special's still out. Tour dates are happening. I've got a big, big announcement coming. It, before the end of the year, I will announce it. And um, I'm sitting on it right now because it's still forming. Uh, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. And I'm gonna need everybody there for it. Um, you know, it's, it's. I, I'm taking that next step, baby. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping in, stepping up. Stepping in, stepping up. Is that that's the name? Okay. Stepping in, stepping up. Doom, doom, bip, you guys. Take care of yourselves. I love you. I'll talk to you next week.